Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. You know, the Bible says many are the affliction of the righteous. Think about that. The righteous, why would they be afflicted? Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. That's an awesome promise. I said, it's an awesome promise. No matter what kind of affliction you might be facing, bless God, we're coming out. I said, we're coming out, and we're going to be on top, and we're going to go into 2020 blessed and ready to be more blessed, blessed to be a blessing. Can you say amen? And that's what the Lord's put on my heart. He wants me to talk to you about your New Year's resolutions. Have you gotten your New Year's resolutions together? You know, you need to have some New Year's resolutions. In other words, you need to resolve in your heart. There's some things you're going to see happen in your life in 2020, in this upcoming year. And the Bible says over in Habakkuk. Why don't you turn there there with me? Habakkuk. That's probably how you actually say it, if you're from that part of the world. Chapter 2, and in verse 1, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. So notice the prophet is, if you go to the previous chapter, he just prayed some things and asked some things of God. And now he's saying, I will stand my watch. You know, many times the Bible talks about watching and praying. Watch and pray. Jesus told his disciples the night he was being betrayed. He said, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. He understood what was coming. He understood the battle that they were about to face. He was about to be arrested, taken from them, and they were going to be scattered, and their lives would be threatened. And he says to them, watch and pray. But he didn't, they didn't take what he said so seriously. They were heavy with sleep, and they just kept falling off to sleep. And he came back to them, woke them up three times, telling them, that they need to be watching and praying, lest they enter into temptation, lest they be overcome by the things that are coming. They needed to be ready. They need to be. We need to live ready. I said, we need to live ready. And so if we're going to live ready in life, we need to watch and pray. Pray and watch. Watch for what the Lord would say. What would the Lord say? And also notice what he said. He said, you know, again, look at verse, verse 1. I will stand my watch. Notice he, he, he owned this. My watch. This was something that he did. This was a way of life for him. He was a watcher. He said, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. He's expecting God to talk to him. I said, he's expecting God to talk to him. What will he say to me? How many people are expecting God to speak things to you, show you things? Now, of course, he has already spoken to all of us through his word, his written word. His written word. And I remember one time I was going through a, a, a fiery trial. And I said, Lord, you know, it had been going on for a little while. And I said, Lord, finally before I went to bed when I was actually lying in bed, I said, Lord, I said, I mean, you give me messages to preach. You tell me what to minister and things. I said, but you're not saying anything to me about this situation. I mean, I'm dealing with serious symptoms in my body. And the devil's telling me all kinds of terrible things. And I said, Lord, I I need to hear from you. I need you to talk to me about this, what I'm dealing with. And I fell off to sleep just barely. And this thought came so strong to me. And it was quoting from over here in um, 
2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. We also have the prophetic word made more sure, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Notice that he says, we also have the prophetic word. Now, he just finished talking about, this is Peter talking about the experience he had where he was up on the mountain with James and John and Jesus, and the glory of God descended upon Jesus, and a cloud enveloped them, and God the Father spoke out of that cloud and said, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. And so Peter's talking about that experience, about hearing that voice, but then he goes into this. He says, we also have the prophetic word made more sure, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place. What's he talking about? What's this prophetic word that he's talking about? He's talking about the scriptures. The scriptures are God's prophetic word to you and I. This is the word of the Lord. This is the word of God to you and I. And here Peter is saying this written word is even more sure than the voice we heard on top of that mountain. In other words, what God said there was audible But what he says here, he's put in writing. He has guaranteed what he has spoken here and put it in writing for us. You know, know, having a contract and just having somebody's word on something are two different things, especially in today's world. A lot of time, you know, in in back, way back, it used to be that people's words were their bond. You know, they said it and that was it. They were good for it. But today, people say things and they don't mean it. And they change their mind on you. Or they deny that they ever said it. And so today we look for a contract. We want it in writing. God has given us a whole lot of stuff in writing. That makes it more sure. More trustworthy. More of a guarantee for you and I. Can you say amen? So there I was, you know, I said, Lord, I need to hear from you about this situation. And again, I had to do it. Healing, symptoms in my body, and stuff I was facing. It had been going on for a while. Just barely fell off to sleep, and, uh, and he spoke to me. He said, those words right there. He said, we have a more sure word, which you do well to heed. And, and when it came to me, it came in a very disappointed tone. It wasn't audible, but it was, in, it was a thought, but yet it was the Lord speaking to me. It was, it was not my thought. It was his thought. And it was my answer. And he said, we, and with a disappointed voice, we have a more sure word that you do well to heed. And I was, you know, I'd, I'd woke up just at that moment. And I said, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, I repent. I repent. Here, you, here I am preaching your word, telling everybody what you said. And then here I am dealing with some of these very things that you've already talked about in your word. And, and, and I'm asking you for a word about it. As if this isn't a word from you. I didn't realize it at the time until after it happened. That I was despising God's written word. Because I wasn't treating it like that was him talking to me. So we have to realize God's word is God talking to me. And so a lot of times people are looking for a prophetic word from somebody. You know, looking for somebody to prophesy over them, speak to them. Looking for God to speak to them about something. But the first thing you got to do is come back to what he's already said. What has he already said? What has he already said? Say, do what he's already said. Walk in the light of what he's already said. And then if you need to know more, he'll show you. And that was something he gave me a while back too. He said, do what you know to do. And you'll know what you need to know when you need to know it. The scriptures say that in your light, we see light. Psalm 119, 130 says, The entrance of thy word brings light and gives understanding to the simple. So in your light, in the light of your written word, taking your written word as your word to me, taking it personally, this is God speaking to me, and it's more sure than if Jesus manifested himself in bodily form and spoke to me. His written word is more of a guarantee than even a vision of the Lord Jesus sitting down and talking with you about some stuff. Now, I wouldn't mind that. I welcome visions like that. Come on, Lord, sit down and talk with me. 
praise God. But we really need to have that same attitude about his word. Lord, sit down and talk to me. That's how we have to treat his written word. It's him talking to us. We can go hear from God, man. Every time we open the Bible, we can, we can go hear from God. We can go have a vision of Jesus. We can go hear from him. We can talk to him. And he is talking to us. We're not just reading the word. God's talking to us. I said, God's talking to us. So that's number one. We're listening, we're listening to him in his written word. We're listening to what he's saying to us in his written word. And then there's some things in addition. He will speak to us as we have need. As we have need. He'll show us things. He'll talk to us about things. And so the prophet Habakkuk, he's, he's, he's saying, I'm, I'm, I'm watching. I'm listening. I'm waiting to hear from him. I'm watching to see what he will say to me. And what I will answer when I'm corrected. That's interesting. Are you ready for God to correct you? See, a lot of times, if we want God to talk to us, we got to understand, you know, that his correction is him giving us direction in life. Many times, that's how direction comes. It's through correction. He's adjusting stuff in us. He's correcting things in us. Does anybody need to be corrected? Any need to be some tweaking? So he's asking God, and he's ready to be corrected. He's done this a few times. He's ready for God to correct him. He's ready to receive that correction, and he's ready to respond to whatever it is the Lord does tell him. Verse 2, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because... It will surely come. It will not tarry. It will not delay. So notice he says for the vision. He's, uh, go back again. He says write the vision and make it plain on tablets. That he may run who reads it. We need to be looking to God for vision. We need 2020. Spiritual vision. We need God to show us what he would have us to do in life. We're not, when we're talking about New Year's resolutions or making plans for the new year or just plans in general, they should not be our own plans. We need to be looking to God for his plans what does he have for us to do? How many people know God has a plan for your life? Yeah, he's got a plan for you. He's got a plan for your day. He's got a plan for your week. And we don't want to just run off and just come up with our own ideas about what we want to do, what we should do. You know, the Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. A lot of people run that way. This is what you do in these situations. Well, of course you do this, or of course you do that. Well, no, we seek the Lord. We're going to be led by the Spirit of God. We're going to follow Him. He's got a plan. He's got a plan. You know, the Bible says He's the God that sees ahead and provides. That's actually His name, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that sees ahead and provides. He's already seen ahead. He knows what tomorrow holds. He knows what you're going through. He knows where you are, and he knows what's up ahead. He knows what's to come. You don't, unless he told you, unless he showed you. You don't know, but he knows all things. So we need to be looking to him for our 2020 vision. We need to be looking to him for the insight into what we're to do in life. We want to know what his plan is. What does God want us to do? Well, there's some obvious things we know to do. It's right here in the Word of God. So we're going to do those things. We know that. There's the general will of God. That's in this written Word of God. And so we want to make sure we're doing that. Doing that. And there's a lot there to do. There's a way we're supposed to be living our life. There's things we're not supposed to be doing that a lot of people do do. But we learn in the Word that's not what we do. 
And so we change and we adjust. And so we're, again, we're being doers of this word. And we're open, our hearts are open to what God has for us in the days ahead. What does he have for us? So we need to plan our life, plan our days prayerfully. Prayerfully, seeking him. Not just coming up with our own plans. Or just reacting to whatever's going on in life. Well, this happened, this happened, so then we're going to do this, this, and this. Well, we'll see how it goes, you know. We'll just And I understand sometimes you can say that and it's okay. But a lot of times, you know, people are just living reactionary. They're just reacting to what things happen. Well, depending on what they do and how this works out will depend on what I do. And so they're just reacting to the circumstances of life. Well, sometimes in being led by the Spirit of God, you know, there's, there's times we do do that. You have to wait on other people and you have to watch what they're going to do. I think of Paul the Apostle while, you know, while he was in prison. He talked about, you know, he didn't know how things were going to turn out for him. He just didn't know. He didn't know, you know, he's dealing with a human court. He didn't know how things were going to turn out. And he said that. He said, you know, he's waiting to see how things are going to, to turn out. So sometimes you, don't, you are waiting to see what this one's going to do and, and how things are going to turn out. But there's a whole lot of things in life that we're not waiting. We're not waiting on what other people do or what happens in the world for us to know where we're to go, what we're to do. We get our direction from God. I said we get our direction from him. We want to be led by the Spirit of God. So in all our planning, even planning your daytimer, your week, you need to do it prayerfully. You know, God will help you in prayer get organized. He will. You know, I remember, you know, early in my walk with the Lord, I'd be praying. I'd be in the middle of whatever I'm praying, talking about something. All of a sudden, a thought comes to my mind about doing a certain thing. I'm like, get behind me, Satan. Trying to distract me with natural things. Get over here, start talking to the Lord, you know. And this natural thing keeps coming up. Well, I've learned that the Lord will do that. The Holy Spirit will help organize you while you're spending time with him. And so I've learned to just write it down. I don't look at it as, as an interruption. I look at it as the Lord is intervening. And he's helping me. And actually... By helping me to know these things that he's interrupting my prayer time with, he's actually helping to clear my mind, clear my mind and give me more direction so that I actually can hear from him better in the things that I'm actually talking to him about. So I'm talking to him about some things over here or just praying in the Holy Spirit, you know, and, uh, and then he gives me these things. Well, what do I do? I write it down. I write it, it's vision, it's vision, it's vision coming from the Lord. He's given me vision on what to do. So I'm going to go ahead and write it down. Write it down, make it plain. And the Lord will help you do that too. He'll help you to, to write it down and where does that fit in your calendar and what part of the day does that fit? And, and he'll help you with all these details. And as he does that, you get your mind clear. And that opens you up to be able to discover things from God, to be able to hear from him, have greater clarity in your thoughts so that he can talk to you and give you more revelation. You know, just like a junk drawer. Does anybody have a junk drawer at home? Two people have a junk drawer? (laughs) Some people say, I have a junk closet. Somebody else says, I have a junk room. Somebody else says, I have a trashed house. Okay, God bless you. (laughs) I can't find anything anywhere. But, you know, just like that juncture, you go in there, you're looking for whatever it might be, you know. And I think it's in the junk drawer. I think it's in that drawer. And you have to go through all this stuff. And you're trying to figure, nothing's organized. Everything's disheveled. Everything's just all over the place. And you're trying to, you're trying to figure out where it is, what you're looking for. Well, here, you could be over here praying about some things. And... Uh, struggling because you've got a lot of other stuff that's unresolved 
A lot of other things that are here that, that need to be sought out and organized. And thank God, the Holy Spirit, while you're trying to get answers for this, he says, well, let's, let's take this piece right here and, uh, and let's put that on that piece of paper. Let's write that down. Let's do this. And, uh, and then you could do the laundry. And then don't forget to make that phone call. Man, I totally forgot about that phone call. Man, oh, thank you for reminding me. Write it down because you'll forget it again. <laughs> Write it down. And the next thing you know, you didn't know that. That phone number was just like bouncing around in there. And you're over here trying to pray. And you got this, you got this phone. You know, I got to call Charlie. I got to call Charlie. And Charlie's just bouncing around in your head. But you're not even thinking about it. You forgot about Charlie because he's in the back of your junk drawer. Right? Well, thank God, Holy Spirit will go, well, we got, uh, that's great. Uh, well, here, let's get Charlie. Let's, oh, Charlie. Yeah, Charlie. Put Charlie on the piece of paper. Oh, now Charlie's out of the drawer. <laughs> Hallelujah. Charlie's out of the drawer. Then he starts giving you ideas about other things. And, and, and there are times where I end up walking away. I've got a whole list of stuff. But I'm so thankful for it. And you feel clean. You just feel lighter. You feel freer. Because God helped to clear things out for you. Clear things up for you. But it's important for you to write it down. Your mind is not a good place to store these things. These things, a lot of these things that, you know, we got going on in life are, you know, the mundane things of life. Your mind is not made to store those things. Write those things down. Write them down. Get your mind clear. That's going to help open you up to more inspiration from God. To receive more from Him. He gives understanding to the simple. Those that have simplified their thought life. If you simplify your thought life, understanding will come easier. You'll have more light. So we need to simplify. So we need to write things down. And then as we write things down, the Lord will begin to show us some other things. He wants you to accomplish this. So he'll inspire some things in you uh, to do that you never would have thought of. You wouldn't even have thought of doing it. I remember my first, you know, the first time God was dealing with me about writing a book. I'm thinking, I can't write a book. This is back in the 90s. And I'm thinking, a book? And he keeps dealing with me right in this particular book, right in this particular book. I'm like, ah, I just keep putting it off because I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to write a book, you know. And, uh, and so, you know, you just keep putting it off, putting it off. And God's dealing with me. He's dealing with me about it. And I even had somebody come up to me that didn't know anything about it and spoke with me. He said, is there a book you're supposed to be writing? I said, yes. The Lord's saying, do that. Get that done. I was like, okay. So I just said, all right, I'm going to write a book. That's what the Lord wants me to do. I'm going to write a book. Sat down at the computer, and I thought, where do I start? And the next thing you know, da-da-da-da-da, man, that thing just flowed. Praise God forever. And I mean, it was the most edifying, refreshing, exhilarating thing. You know, just like preaching the word. It just, just Utterance was just coming like crazy. I'm just writing it down. Couldn't write it down fast enough. It was thrilling. But you see, I never would have thought of that on my own. I never would have thought, write a book. I know some people might want to write books. There's a lot of people on Facebook that want to write books. There's a lot of people that think writing emails to people should be a book. But I've digressed. But that was something in spring. This church, he spoke to me as I was praying. I was praying, I was watching. There was, there was transition going on in my life, and it really had become quite a, a, a trial for me, a real struggle in my soul that I was going through. And I, I was crying. I cried out to the Lord. And I, and I said, Lord, you know, and I was just praying out some things. And, and then as I was praying, he showed me something. He showed me, first thing he took into his scripture over in Hebrews 11, and he got me corrected on something. He got me corrected on something through the written word. He brought me back to that word and corrected me on it. Actually, he didn't. What happened was actually I went over. I said, Lord, I, you know, I need, I need help. I mean, I recognized I needed some understanding of things. So I went to the Bible. That's what you do. That's where you start. And I just went like this. And, you know, don't expect to do this all the time. You know, you don't play Russian roulette with your Bible. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You don't just talk to me, Jesus. 
and Judas went out and hung himself. Well, that can't be God. Go and do likewise. You know, you flip to another scripture. <laughs> okay, Lord. No. No, you got to watch about stuff like that. But the Lord has done that a couple times. Before I opened right up, and there was my answer. So he brought me some correction, adjusted me. And then as I was praying, these words just came up out of my own mouth. I, I said, go apostle the church of Louisville, Kentucky. That's the words that just came up out of my spirit. Go apostle the church of Louisville, Kentucky. See, that wasn't my plan. I wasn't thinking, I wasn't thinking starting a church at all. In fact... Going further back a couple years, you know, when I was in Bible school, I was just sitting, I sat down in a particular class, communications class, and I sat down in the seat, and uh, this word just dropped down on the inside of me, and it was, it was tangible. The word was tangible. It was almost like I swallowed it. I literally felt it drop inside me. Never had that happen before that or after that. Just dropped that, and it was this word, evangelist, evangelist. So, you know, at this particular school, you know, the second year, you got to pick what group you're going to be in. They break it up into groups, and you got the pastor's group, you got the evangelist group, you got the teacher's group, you got missions, children's, you know, you got all these different groups. Well, it seemed like I would do pastor because it seemed like the, it just seemed normal. Because I had a friend who said, I'm an evangelist, and he, I, did, I said, I'm not like him. <laughs> he wasn't normal, so to me. And so, so the Lord spelled evangelist. So I knew the group I was supposed to go into. So I'm thinking evangelist. I'm going to be evangelist. Next thing I know, I'm youth pastoring out in Oklahoma. And then the next thing I know, he says, go apostle of church in Louisville, Kentucky. So, you know, you just follow God's plan. You follow what he's, he's saying to you. But again, it all starts with first doing what you know. I wish God would speak to me. Do what you know to do. I wish you'd speak to me. Stop talking like that. You're acting like he doesn't talk to you. Don't say, I wish God would speak to me. That's a great way to not hear from God. Because you're despising him speaking to you through his written word. So if you want to hear more, delight in what he's already saying. Delight in what he's already saying. Enjoy what he's talking to you about right now. And spend time with him. Oh, I love when Jesus talks to me. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for talking to me. He's already given you stuff that's written down. Now, there'll be some other things he'll tell you, and write it down, make it plain, so that he who reads it may run, that he may run with the vision, run with the vision. Glory to God. So, are we hearing from God? Are you hearing from God? How many people know God's talking to us this morning? He's speaking to us right now, right now, right now. God is... Again, like I said, I didn't come up with this idea. I said, Lord, what about tomorrow? What would, you have, what would you have us to talk about tomorrow? And then I just knew. And we just started flowing with it. And he started giving me some of the things to share. And then, you know, not only did he give me the message that I've written down, I've made it plain on pieces of paper, but then the Holy Spirit is here upon me giving the utterance. He's helping me get it out. And he's doing a pretty good job. What do you think? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are we getting it? So, you know, we're listening. So God himself is talking to us. We don't despise when God speaks to us through his word or he speaks to us through somebody else that's preaching the gospel, which he has set us up to be able to receive every week, a couple times a week. We can come and gather and we can hear him talk to us. And so you never want to miss your appointment with him. You don't want to treat church lightly. You don't want to treat these words lightly. Because this is God's message to you right now. This is what he wants you to know right now. And so if you treat that lightly, well, you know, I, I just don't feel like going to church today. Notice, I don't feel like hearing from God today. Why don't you say it that way? Well, I just, you know, I'm just busy on Wednesday nights. I just, I just don't do Wednesday nights, you know, because I don't want to hear from God on Wednesday night. I don't want to hear from him. See, see, are we rejecting his word? Are we rejecting him? That's how we have to look at it. This isn't man's thing. This is God's thing. This is God's idea. This is him talking. He said go apostolate, but that takes grace to do that. 
It takes the anointing to do that. And so all of this is being run by him. So we got to watch how we treat him. If we want to hear from him in those dark hours, in those tough times, in the evil day, then we have to make sure that we are a people who watch and pray. We watch and pray. We esteem his word. We watch for him when we're in the word. We're watching for him by being at church. We're watching for him throughout our day, looking for him to direct our steps. We live a life of prayer, of communing with God, listening for him, talking to him, watching for him, waiting upon the Lord. And the Bible says those who wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. And they they will run and they won't grow weary. Thank God we can wait for him. He will talk to us. But we have to be listening. Listening first in the written. Listening at church. And then listening for his spirit to talk to us. Listening for him. Again, recognize. I think that's a big deal right there. It's a big golden nugget right now. I just gave you. About when your thoughts are interrupted with natural things to do. That that's actually him talking to you. And if you write it down, it won't keep nagging you. You'll find if you just write it down, it'll help you. It will not hinder your time with the Lord. It will not be a distraction to you. It'll actually be a help to you. Huge revelation right there. You get a hold of that. A lot of people are still fighting. Fighting those thoughts in prayer. Thinking the enemy's trying to distract them with natural things. But, you know, God cares about your natural life. He cares about all the details of your life. And we're not called to manage life on our own. We're not called to manage the details of life on our own. He cares about every detail, and he'll help us. He'll help us with every detail of life. Can you say amen? So say, I'm a watcher and a prayer. I see God. I listen for him. I'm watching for him to talk to me. And when he talks, I'm writing. Amen. We're writing it down. We're writing it down. We're not treating it lightly. It's a, oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks for showing me that. And then we forget about it. There's a lot of revelation I've gotten from God, you know. And uh, it's amazing. You get the revelation. He'll speak to you. think, my Lord, when he speaks to you, it's, a, it's, it's more real to you than you. I mean, it's just, it's just in your face. And you think, I'll never forget that. And how many times I didn't write it down. And within a couple minutes, I couldn't recall it. Strangest thing. Couldn't recall it. A couple minutes later. What was that? Oh, come on. Oh, no. Come on. What was that? Man, that was just so strong. What was that? No, I need to have that. See, because you've moved on. He spoke to you something in that place. And now you've moved on from that place. Even though naturally you're still in the same place. Spiritually, you're moving. You're flowing with the Holy Spirit. You're going somewhere. When you're praying, you're moving. You're going places. And you move from that place, and, and next year you can't see it anymore. Because you've left that place. You follow me? And that's why, because it's a spiritual thing, your mind can't, your mind can't grab it. Because it was never in your mind. It was real to your spirit. It was real to your spirit. So at times I have to go, Lord, I repent. Forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. You know, I just got tired of repenting about it. And so I'm just quick to write it down now. Quick to write it down because I've learned. You'll just forget it. You'll, just, you'll, you'll lose it. And it's good to have it written down so you can recall it. Go back to it. Make sure you're doing it. Make sure you're walking it out. Running with the plan that he's given you. Amen. And we need his plans. We need his plans. He'll give us the plans for us to be able to run with in life. Run with. Or like we could say, uh, praying is, is like laying track for a train. How many people know a train can't go any further when there's no track? It can only go as far as there is track laid ahead of it. And so that's what prayer is like. Prayer is like laying track. It's putting the track down for the plan of God 
to be able to be fulfilled, for the plan of God to be able to go down those tracks. And so if we're not praying, we're going to run out of track. And things will come to a standstill. Now you might, you know, things might be chaotic. You might have a lot of stuff going on, but that doesn't mean you're really getting anywhere. You know, like Gene uses that illustration about a rocking chair. You know, you can sit in a rocking chair and there's a lot of moving going on. A lot of moving going on, but nobody's going anywhere. Right? And so, going back and forth, but not going anywhere. Going, and that, I don't want to live my life like that. Do you want to live your life like that? Oh, I got, I got so much going on. I got so much going on. Oh, man, back and forth. I mean, I'm just back and forth. I mean, it's just back and forth. We're just here and we're there and we're going and we're going. And you're really not going anywhere. It's just all in the flesh. Spiritually, you're not going anywhere. There's no advancing. There's no taking territory. There's no really going anywhere. But you're so busy. You're so active. So active. We don't want to live our days like that. Just rocking back and forth. Busying ourselves in vain or for vain things, just for fleshy things. No, we want to know God's plan. We want to follow his plan. How are we going to find it? We've got to pray. Pray, watch, watch and pray, watch and pray. And as we're praying, we are laying track for our life because it's the Holy Spirit that's given us the plan. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to help us get to where we need to go, get to where we need to be. So that's why we're praying because praying is partnering with the Holy Spirit. That's why it's called over in Jude 1.20, praying in the Spirit, Praying in the Spirit. It says, you beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Not just just doing something in the flesh, not just reasoning things out with our minds, but praying in the Holy Spirit. Connecting with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians, the sixth chapter. Ephesians 6. Somebody say, I'm going somewhere this year. Yeah, we're not going to be a bunch of rockers. We're prayers. Are you hearing me? We're not walking around going, I want to rock. We don't want to rock. We're not looking to be rockers. We're praying. I'm not rocking prayer, but I'm praying. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not rocking in life. You know, a lot of movement. No, we're not going anywhere. So we want to be rockers. Don't be a rocker. If you're not a prayer, you're a rocker. I'll just tell you that one right now. If you're not a prayer, you're a rocker. I'm not talking about heavy metal music. But you are a rocker. Amen. Now, if you're into heavy metal music, we know for sure you're not a prayer. But anyway, that's another story for another time. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm a prayer. I'm not a rocker. I'm not a rocker. I'm going somewhere. I'm laying track. God's got some track he wants us to be laying for 2020. He's got some places he wants us to go. And again, Ephesians chapter 6. He talks about putting on the full armor of God. And then he says in verse 18... Pray, and actually, let's go back to verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always. So you got the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful. So you see, watch and pray. But it's praying in the spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So again, he says first, he mentions the word of God, the sword of spirit, which is the word of God. Then he flows into praying always. You know, it's not a coincidence he puts the word before praying. It's very important that we put the word before praying. Because if you don't understand the word of God, your prayers are not going to be effective. 
you're not going to pray effectively. It's the word of God that's going to help you to know how to communicate with God. It's going to help you to be able to connect with him, to be able to receive from him. God's word teaches you how to communicate with God, how to pray, how to believe you receive things from him when you pray. There's a lot of folks out there making all kinds of noise and they call it praying. But there's no faith. There's no faith. The spirit is not involved in it. He's not helping them. And they're praying ignorantly. A lot of folks pray stuff and then they just, they just put on the, they tag on to the end of the prayer. Your will be done. Or if it be your will. Lord, we thank you for, for healing our body if it be your will. Lord, heal. Lord, prosper. Lord, deliver. Lord, if it be your will. If it be your will. No, because they don't know if it be his will. And these are some basic things that the Bible teaches you is emphatically his will. But you see, they're ignorant of the scriptures. See, so they're out there. And so they're just tagging unbelief onto everything that they pray. Well, the Bible says if you don't pray in faith, don't expect to receive anything. Don't expect to receive anything. Don't say God wouldn't give it to you because he's already given a lot of things to us. Through Jesus, he's already supplied us with everything we need in life. But you won't be able to receive it. He said, let him ask in faith. Faith. And how does faith come? Romans ten seventeen says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So if you don't have the word first, you don't have faith. If you don't have faith then you don't have effective praying. You don't have praying. You got noise making. Just making noise. And a lot of folks are just happy with that. They're just happy with making a lot of noise. Makes them feel better. They made a lot of noise. You know, they made them feel better about themselves. I prayed. That's not good enough for me. I'm looking to connect with the living God. I'm looking for answers. If I need deliverance, I'm looking for the deliverance from him, Right? We need to know how to connect. We need to know how to pray effectively. So you've got to have the word of God first. He keeps bringing us back to that this morning. The word of God first. What's your New Year's resolution? The word, Whew, the word of God first. Write it down. Put it on your day timer. Put it in your 2020 calendar now. And figure out what time of day is best to do it. And have it locked in. Lock it in. A lot of folks are sporadic. They're just sporadic. And as a result, you know, they're hit and miss, we could say. They're hit and miss. They're sporadic, and as a result, they're hit and miss. You know, sometimes they pray, sometimes they don't. And so, sometimes they have some track, and sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're sitting at the station. Reading something secular. Waiting for their ship to come in. Waiting for the train to come in. Waiting for something to happen. Waiting for something to happen. And God's like, get out there and lay some track. Get out there and start laying track so we can get out of this station. I'm just so fed up with being here. I'm just tired of being here. And they focus in on the news. Not the good news. All the secular news. They focus on all the secular things that the world throws at them to busy their minds, busy their thought life. And so there's no time for the Lord. So we write it down. In other words, we make time when it comes to these things. We make, we we log it. We schedule it. We schedule our time in the Word of God. Because if you don't, there's enough things that are going to keep you from it. Simple as that. If I don't schedule it in, it is going to happen. And I love the Word. But if I don't schedule it in, there's enough faith that's going to pull me all over the place and I won't be in the Word. We have to schedule. I'm going to spend time in the Word. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to do that. Say, praise God. Now, that might mean you're going to have to let go of some stuff that's distracting you. You're going to have to lay some things aside to do that. But is it worth it? Is it worth it? Yeah. So you got to write it down. You got to make it plain. You got to make it very simple. You got to simply got to know what you're going to do. You're not going to just guess at what you're going to do when it comes to God and the plans for your life. It's not whatever happens. Happens. No, that's not what happens with us. It's what we plan. It's what we pray about. 
It's what we get in prayer. And so we're praying and we're watching. And, and first and foremost, when it comes to a New Year's resolution, I have resolved that I'm going to spend time in the Word of God. And this is when I'm going to do it. I'm telling you, folks will turn into faith giants around here. Folks will really start going some places. 2020, man, folks will be flying. By the end of the year, they'll look back and go, look how far I have come this year. Simply because you locked in your time with the Lord. You locked in your prayer time with him, which included the word. Which included the word of God. Getting the word downloaded into your spirit. And then praying. Praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. One of the ways we pray in the spirit is praying in tongues. Praying in tongues. Thank God. God's given us such an amazing gift to be able to pray in tongues. Because, see, the Bible says in Romans 8 chapter that we don't know what to pray for as we ought. See, we don't, we, don't, we don't always know. There's some things we know from the written word, but then there's other things we just don't know. We don't, we just, we don't know the details of what's going to happen today, tomorrow, and so forth. And so, thank God, we got the Holy Spirit to help us pray those things out. Pray those things out. Lay the track, lay the groundwork for us to be able to go where God has for us to go and accomplish what he has for us to accomplish. So praying in tongues is going to help you lay track. You, you know, you get a hold of that and you'll just start praying ferociously, you know, feverishly, intensely. You won't take that gift for granted. You don't want to take that gift for granted. It'll really, really help you. Can you say amen? You know, even Jesus, his coming, his birth that we just celebrated... For him to be able to come and do that, you know, there was folks he had that went before him who prayed. Now, of course, Jesus, he himself couldn't pray because he wasn't here yet. I mean, he was in heaven, but he wasn't here on the earth, so he couldn't pray from his place here on the earth yet. So he needed other people to pray to make the way for him to come. And so there were people that did do that. In fact, over in Luke's gospel, we see a man by the name of Simeon. Luke chapter 2. And in verse 25, now this is right after Jesus has been born, and they're taking him up to the temple to do the things that, uh, you know, their customs, the law commanded them to do after having a newborn boy. And they brought their sacrifices and so forth. And it says in verse 25, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. Notice, he was waiting for something. We say watching for something. Waiting, if you're waiting for something, you're watching, right? He's watching for something. He's watching for God's deliverer. He's watching for the Messiah. He's a man of prayer and he's watching and praying concerning Messiah because God had put that on his heart. See, God put that on his heart. God had that plan for him. Think about that. It was such an important plan that God found it important enough to put it in the word of God for all of us to read. God honored this man, Simeon, because here we are 2,000 years later talking about him. Wow, because he was obedient to the plan of God for his life. One of his plans was to watch and pray and get in faith concerning the Messiah coming. In other words, he was a track layer. He was laying track for Jesus. He was preparing the way of the Lord. Now, a lot of times you say those words, you think of John the Baptist. He was out there preparing the way of the Lord. Well, he was a man of prayer and did prepare in prayer, but he primarily was preparing the way for Jesus' earthly ministry, not his birth. Not his birth. Because he was born very close to the same time that Jesus was born. So he wasn't praying out Jesus' birth into the earth. He was praying out Jesus' ministry. He was planning and and preaching and doing things to prepare the way for Jesus' ministry. See, God had people going before Jesus. Track had to be laid. If Jesus needed track laid before him, for him to be able to accomplish God's plan for his life, then track is going to have to be laid for your life. 
And thank God there are people that have prayed for us and do pray for us. And the Bible tells us in Ephesians, we need to be praying for one another, praying for all the saints. We need to be lifting each other up, helping one another, supporting one another in prayer. That's one of our, one of our duties. Because, you know, again, a lot of people have this idea, well, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. If God wants it to happen, it's going to happen. That is a lie. Just because God said it, just because God wants it, it don't mean it's going to happen. There are people that have to facilitate that. There's people that have to get in faith concerning God's plan. They've got to find that plan, know that plan, pray that plan out, get in faith concerning that plan so that that plan, the, 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 the way can be prepared for that plan to be able to prosper, to be able to come to pass. Nothing, nothing just happens. You know, well, God wants me to have it, I'll have it. See, these are ignorant people that talk that way. We aren't, when I mean ignorant, just they're ignorant of the scriptures. They're ignorant of God's way and how things work. That's not how it works. And yet, how many Christians walk around talking like that? Man, if God wants me to have it, I'll have it. Well, if it didn't happen, I guess God didn't want me to have it. Well, if it goes, well we'll just see how God, you know, wants to do it. Why don't we just, why don't we pray, get the word, pray, find out what it is, write it down, and then we'll know. And we'll be able to, Walk it out. We'll be able to run. Run our race. But we can't just sit back and say, well, whatever happens, happens. That is not true. What, if you have that kind of attitude, then whatever the devil wants to happen for you is going to happen. And he's got all kinds of things. He's got all kinds of plans. Did you know the devil's got plans for your life? He's got plans for every one of us. But his plans won't prosper if we're watching and praying and following God's plan for our life. Can you say Amen. His plans won't prosper. Thank God. So notice here, Simeon, he was a watcher. He was awaiting. And uh, it says in verse 26, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So you see, that was something God had shown him. He said, now you're going you're gonna to see the Christ before you die. Now he's up in age. But he does. I can't die until I see the Lord's Christ, until I see the answer to my prayer. The Lord's promised me I'm going to see the answer. Now, there's people that have prayed before him, prophets and so forth, and prophesied concerning his coming, but they didn't see it. They all died. They never saw him come. But God said, no, you're going to see him. It's going to happen in your time. How awesome is that? That'll keep you alive. <laughs> I said, that'll keep you alive. When the devil says, you're going to die. Tries to put some kind of disease on you. Tries to put some kind of symptom on you. Tries to attack your body. Tries to attack your life. And says, you're going to die. You're not going to make it this time. You're not going to make it this time. No, thank God you can think back to the vision. Think back to what God spoke to you. What God has shown you. The plans that he has for you. Say, no, I'm not done yet. I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. I will accomplish the Lord's work. And I will see his goodness in the land of the living. Can you say amen? See, Paul had a vision. And he said he wasn't disobedient to that heavenly vision. And that heavenly vision carried him through all kinds of trials and tests. He should have died at sea. He should have died from the snake bite. He should have died in prison. He should have died from the major persecutions. I mean, all the things that happened to him. But he, kept, he just kept coming. He just kept coming. Why? Because he had heard from Jesus. When it was right before it got, it was really bad already. And it was about to get even worse. And Jesus appeared to him. And said to him, be a good cheer, Paul. As you have testified of me in Jerusalem, you'll speak to me in Rome also. And so... He knew he's getting out of here alive. Now, he stayed in prison for a very, very long time. And it looked like he was never going to get out. But he knew in his heart, I'm coming out. Jesus told me I got to preach in Rome. I got to get to Rome. And so next thing you know, he's on a ship as a prisoner going to Rome to stand before Caesar. And then all of a sudden, the ship goes down. The devil says, no, you're going to die right out here at sea. I can't die. Jesus said, I got to preach at Rome. See, he's got plans. He's got some track laid. And it's feeding his faith. It's the source of his strength, his ability to overcome the trials and tests of life. He's able to keep going because he's got some track out in front of him. 
Now I got to get to Rome. The devil says, no, no, you've done enough. You've done enough. You've helped a lot of people. You're, you're going you're gonna to die out here at sea. Your, 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 your ministry's over. It's done. God's done with you. Now I got to get to Rome. That's why when the snake bit him, ah, stupid snake, shook the thing off. Let's get some more wood for the fire. I'm not going to die. Everybody's looking. He's going to die. I'm not going to die. I'm going to Rome. This isn't Rome. See what a vision will do for you? That's why you spend time with God. It'll build you up, give you a vision for your life to know where you're going. And we can be so in faith concerning his plan for our life that nothing, nothing can stop us from fulfilling it. Can you say amen? Woo, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So you say, thank God. The Holy Spirit's my helper. He helps me. He guides me. He leads me. He gives me vision. 2020 vision for 2020. Amen. Praise God. We got to watch and pray. Let's get, let's get watching. Let's get praying. So Simeon, he was watching, praying. Then another person came in after Simeon. And uh, in verse 36, it says, Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanul, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years. So you do the math. 84 years, she was a widow. And um, she was married to someone for seven years. And she didn't get married when she was born, so she had to be at a decent age to be able to get married, right? So maybe you can add another 18, 19, 20 years. So she's a woman of great age. She's a woman of great age. And uh, it says in verse 37 again, and this woman was widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. She was a prayer. And coming in at that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke to him all, spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So again, she was another one. It was her mission to pray, get in faith concerning the Messiah coming. God had these people in position to lay the track. Then, of course, once Jesus was of age, he started laying his own track. He starts laying his own track. Thank God for how far you've gotten based on what other people have done before you. But now it's time to be responsible and lay your own track. Can you say amen? Start laying your own track. And not only just for yourself, but start making a way for other people. Start preparing the way for others. Let your life prepare the way for others. And that's what Jesus ended up doing. You know, we see it uh, in John 17, for example, where he's praying for us. And he's praying things out, praying things to the Father concerning us and our coming together and being unified and being one, even as he and the Father are one, and and that we would, you know, be able to go through trials and tests and be able to overcome. And and he he said, Lord, you know, keep them from the wicked one. And he's praying things out for us. He laid a lot of track for us. So we need to get on that track. Thank God when we got born again, we got on that track. Amen. We started going down that track. He started setting things up for us that he's already prayed out for us. But we're going to run out of track if we don't pick it up now and start praying things out. Because now he's working through us to finish what it is he has for us to accomplish in life. He wants to work through you. Can you say amen? So say I'm a track layer. I'm busy laying track for my life. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank God for it. Let's stand on our feet. Let's thank the Lord. Praise you, Heavenly Father. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. 
And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.